Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Break the Cycle with me, your host, Joshua Smith. Hope everyone is having a wonderful Monday night, and thank you for hanging out with us instead of watching football. I appreciate you guys so much. We've got a great show for you tonight. I'm very, very excited. Uh, yeah, man. How was your weekend? Let me know in the chat. Let us know how it went. Uh, hopefully it was great. Dallas Cowboys won, so I'm stoked. I'm having mm-hmm. a good one. I'm sure uh, I'm sure everyone else is. And we did it with a backup quarterback. He's two for two. Yeah. In his Coo- entire Cooper career. Rush is better than da- Dak Prescott. Dude, he needs that, he needs that Dak money, bro. He needs that Dak money. Uh, before we get too far into this, let's start with some sponsors. Of course, we have TopLobster.com, the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend and partner on Break Cycle, where you can get this great Disobey Your Local Tyrant shirt that you see me wearing tonight. Yes, that is Cuomo on there. I am not from New York, but my homie Top is uh, an, a New York expat. Uh, but you can get this shirt and many others uh, by using BTC at checkout at TopLobster, or you can join the Patreon, subscribe star, become a member of the YouTube channel under all of my videos by hitting the join link, where you can get into a private Discord server that I probably should get my co-host into soon. Yeah, you probably should. <laughs> where you can get all of Top Lobster's new gear up to two weeks before it goes to the general public at like a 30% discount. So like if you're doing five bucks a month, 10 bucks a month, and you're buying Top Lobster gear, you're actually saving money and supporting us both. It's really, really great stuff. And of course, executive producers of the show, AnthemPlanning.com, for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. Check them out today. See what they can do for your business, home, or personal life. They're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at much cheaper and much more efficiently. Seriously, if you own a business, hit them up right now. Wait, maybe wait till the show's over. Or do it now. I don't care. They're great people. Amy Lepore is one of my favorite people. Uh, they're going to help you out, man. They're going to pa- they're going to help you plan your business, and it's going to save you money, and it's going to help you immensely. I promise. I promise. Um, and of course, uh, new executive producers of the show, my friend Colwell Creative Content. Look at that nice new logo they got going on over there. They do uh, underwriting and marketing, and they're going to help you get to your target audience. I am working on um, I, now, currently, finally working on video ads uh, for my sponsors. Uh, especially Coldwell Creative Content. They're amazing. Um, great people. I know them. I know uh, uh, husband and wife busting their ass to help all kinds of people find their target audience. They're doing great marketing. Please go check them out today. See what they can do for your business, your uh, podcast, your selling. I don't know. They they can help you with anything. That's the cool your thing about hot their hot dog stand. I don't do know. Anything, Whatever anything you do. that you're trying to do, yeah. if you're trying to get in front of a specific audience and they have proven results, man, they've, they've helped all kinds of people already. So it's not like just some brand new startup that doesn't know what they're doing. They have customers, they have clients that they're already helping uh, get in front of their custom, uh, in front of their target audience. So go check out Coal creative content today. Amazing things. The link is in the bio of the show here on uh, the live show, the video platforms, and also the uh, the audio platforms. So check them out. Uh, guys, we've got a great show for you tonight. But before we get into anything too much further, I'd like to introduce my great friend and new co-host, Mr. Ryan Kurtzer. How are you doing tonight? I am doing pretty good. I am making a huge sacrifice by being here for all you folks. My Minnesota Vikings are playing, and it pains me to miss a game but I am doing it for you guys. Also, can I get some yep cocks in the chat? One of these one of these days, somebody is going to drop some yep cocks in the we chat got, for you, got, I promise. We got a bunch of yeps last week. Well, there's only 12 people watching on YouTube mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. But there's a lot on other streams, though. We yeah. got the Twitter. Or leave a comment that says yep cock. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you guys are, if you guys are watching out. this on YouTube, thank you. Uh, you also could possibly be watching this on Twitter. Two different mm-hmm. Twitters. There's the Break the Cycle Twitter. Also, my personal Twitter at Balls on you 925 
It's also my gamer tag if you ever want to get down on some Fortnite or some some Rocket League or Modern Warfare uh, or any of that stuff. Modern, I said Modern Warfare. I'm getting old, man. Um, is it? What, what's the new one? Uh, I don't remember what the I new one is. I thought they like made, remade Modern Warfare They or did. Something? They've done Modern Warfare and Black Ops several times. Okay. I don't know what the newest one is. I haven't been playing uh, Call of Duty for a while. Oh, Warzone. Warzone. Well, Warzone. Warzone's like the Warzone's that's like the their Battle Fort, That's their like Fortnite game, right? Mm-hmm. Except you don't have to do all that dumb building shit uh, <laughs> that my son's good at and I suck mm-hmm. at. Uh, and of course, uh, we're also streaming to Odyssey now. Thankfully, finally, I'm very excited to be streaming to Odyssey. So if you have an Odyssey account, go check us out on Odyssey. And uh, also Facebook. We are on the Facebook. If you look yeah. up Break the Cycle with Joshua Smith on Facebook, we're there as well. Uh, so we have all of those options for you guys to watch, but we do appreciate you watching on YouTube because we can grift the ad revenue into being stay-at-home dads, which is our real goal, right? Um, but guys, we've got a great guest for you tonight. I'm very, very excited. I've been following this gentleman for a while. He is uh, a perennial candidate at this point. He's uh, currently running for Iowa governor as a libertarian, and he's, uh, he's a really cool guy. His name is Mr. Rick Stewart. Sir, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here. Thank you very much for the dinner you've had me beforehand. Uh, that was a home-cooked meal. I haven't had one of them for, I don't know, maybe last spring uh, I had a home-cooked meal. So totally appreciate it. <laughs> totally psyched to be here uh, and looking forward to a great uh yeah, absolutely, man. That's uh, that's kind of one of the, the new goals. So we have this goal of having guests in the studio. We built this great studio. Uh, it's kind of like Field of Dreams. I live in Iowa, so it's kind of like Field of Dreams, right? Like if you build it, they will come. Um, so we've been kind of limited to having Iowa guests so far, which is fine. Iowa people are cool. We need to put Iowa on the map and let people know that Iowa is actually a cool place, but not California. We don't want California to know how cool Iowa is. Please, California, New York, Iowa is terrible. It's very cold. Negative uh, 30 in the winter. You're going to die. There's no way you can survive here. Trust me, I'm from California, and I've already died several times trying to survive here. Um, no, but seriously, it is a cool place, and we do need to put some more Iowa people on the map. I had no idea how cool Iowa was till I moved here in 2020. I was like, wow, this is a really fucking cool place. I actually really enjoy it here uh, other than the winters. We Not should have the time. We should lower <laughs> Rick's mic a little bit because on the video it's covering up most of his face. Oh, well, we wanna, he's got to make sure be able to see that beautiful mug. Uh, how about this? Is that better? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, he's yeah. He, it's a directional well, I'm move mic. It back. Until, I'm move it back because uh, honestly, the the bottom half of my face looks pretty bad. <laughs> it, until we get the uh, until we can get, all get sure mics like mm-hmm. the mic that I'm using, and we can all get M50s. Uh, that's just how it's going to be. Unfortunately, if you guys want to help us get new equipment for the studio, we still have a lot of things we got to get to make it perfect. You can join the Patreon. Uh, or the subscribe star, and that helps pay uh, for all kinds of production stuff. So we would appreciate it. And of course, bringing guests in is what is the other goal. Uh, we made this pact where we're going to bring guests in. When they're here, they get to hang out with the family. They get to eat dinner with the family, uh, and then they can crash here for the night as well. Um, but we want to fly people in from out of state, and to do that, we got to have money. So uh, yeah, if you guys want to see some cool guests, you want us to get Ron Paul in the studio. Uh, we're gonna need some money, man. So, but anyways, Rick, uh, why don't we why don't we get to you, man? What why governor of Iowa? Uh, it's pretty easy. I've already run uh, four times in the past: twice for U.S. Senate, once for Lynn County Sheriff, and once for Iowa uh, Secretary of Agriculture. So, you know, I'm an experienced campaigner, although my career was as a CEO of a natural foods company, right. not as a po- politician. Uh, but now, the, did you you started that company, right? Yeah, was- 1976. It's a th- $200 million company today. It has 600 employees. Uh, it's well, well known in the natural foods industry. And um, I'm very proud of the, the job we did. I was the, the I was small business person of the year in 1992. And I was first national runner up 
So other people have recognized that uh, this is an amazing business. Nice. But, uh, you know, I retired and uh, I messed around for a while. I've traveled a lot. But uh, after a while, I got tired of just sitting around and complaining about politics. So I thought, well, maybe if I did something, it could get better. Uh, and I've been doing that now since uh, 2014. Iowa governor is a special run, though, because uh, if if the Libertarian Party gets 2% of the vote, that means me, right. uh, then we become a major party in Iowa. And that's never happened in a governor's race before. Right. 1.7 is the max. We got 2% uh, when Gary Johnson was the Libertarian Party's presidential candidate. Uh, when was that? Geez, 2016. Uh, but we didn't. We failed to keep it. So the next right. time around, uh, we only got like one and a half percent. I'm fairly. I'm very confident that we can get uh, break the two percent barrier. In fact, you know, reaching towards the sky uh, would be great if we came in at five percent. Five to five to ten would be perfect. Well, and here's the thing. I think I think a lot of people don't understand. Iowa is a pretty libertarian state, man. I mean, we Ron Paul did really well here. You yeah, know, his run for here. president. It was one of the best. Was it the best state, or was no Nevada was the best? Right? I don't know. I was too young at the time to. Yeah, two, oh, without, oh wait, you were like what five, six, <laughs> thirteen. <laughs> okay, fair, fair. Um, but it is a really libertarian state. I mean, people here want to not have to deal with the government as much as possible, unless they're you know the the farmer thing is is probably. And I've had conversations with uh, somebody who's running for U.S. Senate in uh, or U.S. Congress in Minnesota, and as a libertarian, and the one of the hardest things to to overcome in the Midwest is the farmer subsidies, right? And so, I mean, is that something that you've prepared for, and you have a and, and as somebody who's owned a small business here, probably as somebody who was like health foods and stuff like that, you've probably dealt with farmers in Iowa. I mean, is that something that you plan for this farmer subsidy that the farmers rely on and that kind of stuff? Well, I tell it to him straight and you know, you never meet a farmer in private who disagrees, but I say, uh, you'll be better off if you don't get any of those subsidies. And they go, yeah, but I can't say that out loud. The truth of it is right now, all they do is they get uh, basically free uh, crop insurance. Uh, they have to pay a little bit, but uh, can you imagine if you and I got free house insurance or free car insurance or something? You you wouldn't really want to give that up, would you? Because no. paying for it out of your own pocket that costs a lot more than if you get the government to pay it for you. So, but uh, farmers uh, they're hooked on it. Except the, the the truth of it is they're making a lot of money when prices are high, and they lose a little bit of money when prices are low. Uh, and they're not you know your family farmer that's got forty acres and a mule and a plow in the backyard. These guys have big big acreage. 1,000, 2,000, I don't know what the biggest is, but it could be 5,000 acres. I think the biggest acreage owned here is actually owned by uh, Bill Gates. <laughs> yeah, well, I haven't seen we him out there with a plow yet. Yeah. Well, you know, you, know, you know, Microsoft does have a, a huge campus here. Um, yeah, I know. I worked at, at it. Did you? They're, yeah, they, they have a data center yes. out here in Des Moines, and I worked at it. For, uh, I was a supervisor where... Uh, for a bunch of engineers replacing batteries and servers, and I sat on my ass and watched them yeah. do work. Well, they, and they I tried got to head paid. Can I, I, can, I, I get that, can I get that gig? Yeah, I, well, no, I meant a uh, bite, or is it <laughs> microbyte? No, Microsoft. Microsoft. You, you, you probably could. Like every last one of them knew what they were doing, and there was just an absurd amount of like. Sh Oops, you had to jump through. Every every decision had to be run up seven layers of the chain of command. Right. Like, we were going through metal detectors two or, th like, probably 20 times a day. Um, It, it was insane. Well, like, I, I, I famously work in data centers. That's what I do for a job. I'm a critical mm -hmm. facilities engineer. And uh, 
everything in those data centers, in every data mm-hmm. center, it's not just Microsoft. Microsoft's worse than most of the other ones, but it all has to follow a method of procedure and standard operating procedures, yeah. and you have to sign off on literally every single little thing you do because if, if a rack goes down mm-hmm. and you lose time, yeah, they have to be able to pin it on somebody and get them the fuck out of there. That's pretty much how it works, dude. Yeah, we had, well, yeah, we had, we had two individual servers go down at one point during... And we we probably did six hundred, and it was supposed to be. A, I'm sure someone got fired over it. No, no. Wow. I just a some something broke, and, and there was actually a oh, fire, a little fault. fire that got started, and then like it 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 wasn't really anybody's fault. Microsoft tries to headhunt me literally once a month to, don't, to come work there. Don't oh, work I'm there. I, I'm not. And they'll pay me more money than I make right now, but I just can't. I can't do yeah. it. No, within two days, I knew that. I wanted out, and it was supposed to be a six-week project. Uh, I got it done in five, and that was with getting COVID during the middle of it. Oh, jeez! So I missed ten days of work. I nice. You could get uh, COVID from uh, servers. <laughs> the servers gave you COVID. Well, this is five G, man. It was the five G. <laughs> yeah. It gave you. There's five G all over those buildings, man. Uh, but Rick, yeah. So I know that's a hard thing to overcome, and I know that farmers mostly behind doors they're like, yeah, we don't, we'd be better off, and they would. They, it's the truth. They would. But um, I mean, what's let's talk a little bit about your guys. So I've seen uh, some of your campaign ads and videos. Uh, famously, the 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 most recent one that you've put out that was pretty wild and and cool. But I mean, what is? Let's talk about your platform. What is your platform? What is what is it that you want to see happen in Iowa exactly? Well, the platform has evolved because you got to sort of commit to it uh, early in the spring to put the platform on your business cards. And right. then as things change, you just cross stuff off. Uh, but the big issues that are in front of us uh, and that I think are really advantageous for my campaign this year are uh, eminent domain abuse. They're, they're trying to build pipelines uh, to pump CO2 through uh, Iowa to go someplace else. And, and uh, the farmers are angry as hell because they're going to go right through their land. Of course. So that's a huge issue, and our current governor won't commit to whether she'll stop it or not. Uh, and then uh, um, other issues for me personally are ending the drug war. Uh, definitely it's been my, on my agenda since early 90s. Sure. Uh, it's the worst idea America ever had. And I want on my gravestone, I want to say, here lies the man who ended the drug war. Yeah. Uh, that's going to take a lot of work. But I mean, seriously, you can see this happening. I mean, just look at what's uh, all the states that have legalized marijuana. Uh, the psychedelic assisted therapy is growing full speed ahead. Some of it's going to get passed in the FDA uh, in the next year or two. Uh, that's, that's certainly for me uh, an absolutely gigantic issue. Um, you know, I've got a lot of other ones. Abortion is just what everybody wants to know where you stand on it, but I don't get a lot of feedback on that. I believe life begins at conception and it should be protected, adored. Uh, I just don't think the government is the person who should do that. Uh, don't trust the government because they're just composed of politicians. Uh, so, you know, keep your hands off uh, of everybody's bodies for every reason. They're, they belong to ourselves. Um, you know, uh, I, it's funny when you're out there talking to people, um, it turns out that everybody actually has just one issue they care about, and that, so that's the issue I care about, at least as long as I'm talking to them. Uh, and it's not always the same thing. A lot of times, I, really, I had a lady that monopolized my time for half an hour because uh, she wanted um, declawing cats to be uh, prohibited by the government. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that people actually care about. Hashtag yeah. cat mom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, it, I mean, it sounds like a really bad idea to declaw your cat. I just don't think the government should necessarily uh, arbitrate that. Right. It is, it is supposed to be pretty bad to declaw yeah. your cats. Um, yeah. I've never declawed my cats before. I, I didn't either. And it's, it's not difficult to trim a cat's nail. 
I don't even, de- I, I don't, I don't think I've ever trimmed. I don't think I've ever trimmed the cat's nails. I think I just let the cat have, I don't think they grow like super long. They go to a point and then they don't go. I don't think they go any more than that. Uh, they get really, really sharp. I have a big old scar on my wrist from my cat. Uh, sounds like you got an what asshole you cat. To your cat. I'm picking it up. Just picking it up off the floor and it yeah. clawed you. And it, it, it wasn't happy. And it's, it's claw got like caught on my shirt, I think. Then it was like trying to get away and just big old, big old mark on my wrist. I had a doctor at one point uh, <laughs> ask me if I basically asked me if I had been cutting myself because of it. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't rub any graphene in it and it got better that way. No, God, I, just, I just keep falling flat trying to make jokes on you, dude. I'm sorry. Yeah. The guy, There's so the, much to make fun of. I thought you, the throwing corn joke last week was uh, hilarious. My brother thought it was hilarious, <laughs> but I think that's a, I think you have to have lived in or near the Midwest to think that was a funny joke. Yeah, I really do. Because I don't think people understand just how much corn there is oh, yeah. in Iowa and Illinois and, and, uh, and, uh, Nebraska. Is there anything except corn? I mean, I know there's soybeans, but. Is there anything serious except corn? I tried to explain. My mom and my sister come and visit here, right? And and they fly in, and they they fly into Des Moines, you know. And they're like, "Oh, it's like a big city here." And I'm like, "I'm like, I need you guys to understand that you can drive for 15 minutes and be in the middle of fucking nowhere as yeah. soon as you leave Des Moines. Yeah. I mean, you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. That's you the best know. part of Iowa, in my opinion, is you don't have to hang out with other people. But I agree. You, you do have to like corn. You do have to in ranch dressing. Uh, no, we're not going to go there. Okay, there's no way we're going to go there. Hey, so so we were talking earlier. Um, as people know on my show, uh, the reason why I became a libertarian was was uh, I I joined the military right after 9/11, um, and uh, I within uh, four months of joining the military boot camp, a school attached to the USS Constellation, took off on what was supposed to be a year long world cruise, uh, decom decommissioning the the oldest carrier in the fleet um all the way around the world i was going to get to see all these great countries it was going to be amazing um and then we went to hong kong singapore transited the straits of Hormuz into the gulf george bush declared war on iraq we stayed six months in iraq we were the shock and awe campaign that was our battle group um and i was really jaded on that i was like man we're just bombing the shit out of this big city where people live you know um and so when I came back, that was like, I, that's, you know, you talk about how people have their one issue. I have a ton of issues, but my biggest issue was the anti-war issue. And that's why, you know, but I know that's a federal level thing. And, you know, it's not like a whole, a whole lot of like city council members and shit like that, or have yeah. any kind of say in that stuff, um, or even governors, but you do control the national guard, which is nice. Um, and, and, and having a governor that would actually, uh, humor passing something like defend the guard would be pretty amazing. Um, but, but I, so I joined the military right after nine 11, cause I thought I was going to go protect my country. And that was what what kind of jaded me on the military industrial complex. I got back. I was like, I don't want to be a part of this shit. And then I found Ron Paul, uh, worked on Ron Paul's campaign in 08. Um, and then moved over to the libertarian party in 2010 after I watched how they treated Ron Paul and the Republican party. Um, and then I've worked with the libertarian party at, at a, a leadership and, 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 um, uh, campaign level since 2015. Um, but you had a really crazy story, uh, on nine 11. What, what, what happened there? I was going to Afghanistan on 9-11. I had a flight to Paris, a flight to Delhi. Uh, I was going to take the bus across uh, in, through the Khyber Pass and into Kabul. So I was sitting, uh, actually I was uh, listening to the radio at the kitchen sink waiting for my taxi to come along when I heard that there was a plane that hit the, uh, the World Trade Center. So I turned on my TV and of course you know what happened after that. Uh, my plane didn't take off for a, a week. 
And obviously my trip to Afghanistan got canceled because it wasn't a good place to go in those days. And you were going on leisure. I mean, this was a leisure. Oh, yeah, I was planning on doing a month just in Kabul because I thought, well, you know, it's safe in Kabul. Um, I don't have to worry too much about it. I was just going to scope out uh, what I might be able to do to help the women in Afghanistan because, <laughs> because the, they... Yeah, it's, it's brutal there. It, yeah, it's horrible. But I knew what was going on. He's I a ladies' man, attention. though. I heard, we heard well, that right. You know, we caught it. In, in Afghanistan, they all have that thing over their head. The hijab, yeah. The, uh, um, uh, I've been to Afghanistan. I was in Afghanistan before any of you guys were born, uh, 1972, uh, as a tourist. And it's a fantastic place, lovely uh, people, lovely scenery. Uh, you can get some of the most incredible bread ba baked right on the street. Yeah, they make really good bread. Yeah, in that's just yeah. awesome. They, make, they bake it. To order, but it only takes like thirty seconds. But that's—I mean—the whole Middle East makes great bread. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it yeah. doesn't. India and then and then the Middle East. I mean, the best yeah. breads in the world are are from those places. Do you hate modern wrestling? Wish you could go back to the sex and violence of the '90s. You're not alone. Eric and Tom are going back to 1993 to watch ECW from the beginning to its end. So come get extreme. Just search for Extreme Timeline on any podcast app and come get extreme. Yeah. I mean, really, truly, uh, the lavash and the pita and all this great shit, it all comes from the Middle East. And 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 then, of course, uh, famously naan from India, which is my other kind of favorite yeah. bread. And yeah. you can get, what, 5,000 different kinds of naan as yeah. well. So. It, it, I mean, that's artisanal bread at its best. It's not this like stuff that we just invented, what, 5, 10, 15 years ago in, in America. Been around for... I'm not complaining about artisanal bread. I'm just saying they've been doing it for 5, 10,000 years. So they're really good at it. Right. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, and if you guys have any questions for uh, this Mr. Rick Stewart tonight, make sure to drop them in the super chats. Uh, $1, $1 to whatever, how, however high it goes, and you will get your questions read on the show. Uh, Ryan, how many times have you been to Afghanistan, buddy? I have been zero times. I have actually never left the country. Ever? Nope. Not once? Nope. I, if it weren't for COVID, there's a good chance I might have honeymooned in Japan, but... Uh, Japan would be really the only place I'd be interested in visiting outside no, the United I'm States. Officially in issue you an invitation to come visit me in Guatemala. I got a great <laughs> place down there. Do you have a place in Guatemala? Yeah, yeah, I've had it since 2003, so we're going on 20 years. No shit. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool, man. I wish I could just maybe I'll bring. Can I bring all 55 kids down or what? <laughs> we will make room. You know, the old jokes is like, how many people can you fit on a Guatemalan bus? Yeah. There's always room for one more. <laughs> nice. Uh, you were, we were talking a little bit about Scott Horton before the show as well. You saw my books back here. And of course I got uh, everything Scott's ever done. I'm a big fan and he's a good friend of mine, which is funny. Cause when, uh, we did our first show in the new studio, James, uh, gentleman, who's a Minnesota libertarian, he came down and he brought me an autographed bottle of the hot sauce, hotter than the oh, sun. Yeah, I, saw that. Um, I, I wanted and, to steal that from you tonight. Well, and I, <laughs> being as good friends with Scott Horton as I have been for a few years now and seeing him all over the place and hanging out with him and having these great conversations have never got any of my scott horton stuff signed by scott horton so it was really nice to finally have something yeah. but i didn't personally get it signed which is just very bizarre to me i don't know why um but, but uh, you didn't buy it on ebay you, i mean you earned it yeah i mean yeah. Uh, in fact i think scott i think i bought i think i bought one of scott's books on um amazon i think it was enough already i think that's the one that i bought from amazon and i think he paid he gave me the, the other ones i think I'm pretty so sure. I, I want to jump in on that because um, 
I read his book on Afghanistan, and I, I felt like a blood brother with him because half of it I already knew. Sure. But the other half, man, only somebody like him could know all that. And I was so grateful that he wrote that book for me, just personally, selfishly, um, because I'm very interested in Afghanistan. I've followed it ever since I was there in 1972 very closely. I knew what was going on in Afghanistan right up to the day that um, 9-11 happened. Uh, so, you know, I, I've just, I love that country. And he wrote twice as much as I had ever known about it. I mean, the guy's a living Rolodex of knowledge oh my of the Middle East yeah. and its wars and yeah. the, the U.S.'s involvement and Russia's involvement. And, and, and you know, you have something else I want to say about him. Nothing that he ever says is unbelievable. You know, there's a lot of people that pretend to be experts. And then after a while, you go, wait a second, that, that, that's, that's not even, that's definitely not right. But when you listen to Scott or when you read his stuff, it's, it's like the gospel. Sure. I'm sure he's made mistakes. Oh, but, yeah. But that, there's a big difference between somebody that actually knows what's going on and somebody who's just writing about something that they spent a year researching. Well, and, and Scott and I have disagreed on things in the past. Um, to, uh, undoubtedly, there's things that Scott and I have disagreed on. It's very, they're few and far between. Um, but he's also, when he, uh, when he does know that he messed something up, he will immediately say, retract it or, oh, or yeah. make it right and he gets really he does get really upset if people put out theories on things with no backing um i know because i had him on my show and he yelled at me because i could say nick Sarwark's a fed right <laughs> and i and i'm gonna stick to that story and i'll tell you why uh because i've sat on a board with nick Sarwark for two years so i have firsthand knowledge of watching this man run in the opposite direction of success every chance we got so that's you know that's just me and other people agree the, the key but. signal was when he pulled out his badge that said i'm a fed on it. <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know i so you know you're in the libertarian party you know there's kind of been this schism uh over the last couple of years with the the mises caucus and kind of this old guard uh they call them the regime libertarians who didn't really want to upset the status quo too much they just want a little bit here and there and there and the mises caucus comes around and it's like nah man we're gonna hit the rothbard button tomorrow we're gonna start fighting this shit today you know um I mean, you, you've been around the Libertarian Party for quite some time, right? Uh, 2012 is when I became a big L Libertarian. Okay. And why? And why? <laughs> uh, well, I was working on the, uh, not the Gary Johnson campaign, but the, with the Commission on Presidential Debates to try and get Gary Johnson into the debates. Sure. Uh, and I, I was in Washington, and I was 100% involved. Uh, we usually when I do things that the I have like a three month uh, ADD problem, uh, but <laughs> I'm totally that, into <laughs> I am totally into whatever it is I'm doing if it's something that's important. Uh, and during that time period, uh, I was you know just paid enough attention to what's happening with libertarianism uh, that I signed up uh, in in the fall. Um, and I've been a big L libertarian ever since, and I'm quite proud of it. And I am. I'd be very surprised if I ever was not a big L libertarian because it's important for us to have a party. Sure. We need to win elections. And you know what? It, the reason that we have parties is to win elections. Uh, we don't have a party so we can fight with each other. <laughs> that's just part of having a party. Right. That's not the purpose of having a party. Right. Uh, so all of my attention, even inside Iowa, uh, I'm not a member of the SCC, the State Central Committee, and never have been. Uh, it's not because I don't think I could do a good job. It's because I think the better job that I can do is to run as a candidate. Because if I get out there and promote my candidacy as a libertarian, then people discover that there are libertarians and hopefully um, they themselves will become a libertarian. So that's where I put all my energy. Uh, and so to be honest, you know, that whole libertarian uh, kerfuffle, um, it's like the only thing I know is what everybody else told me because I don't hang out on social media sure. or anything. But, uh, you know, people talk, so I, I'm fairly aware of what's going on. And as far as I'm concerned, um, you know, 
That's what you expect. We're a political party. We argue with each other. Um, but we should always understand that the goal of the party is to get votes. And if we can't get votes, well, we need to change what we're doing. And if we can get votes, let's do some more of it. Right. Right. Well, I, uh, I gotta say he, the man knows how to campaign. He showed up to my house, uh, with a big truck. And then behind that truck is a giant trailer, huge fucking trailer. That's got his whole, a whole wrap on it with all pres, all this, uh, gubernatorial stuff. I was your, your candidate for governor, the man's campaigning correctly. And, and we appreciate that. I, it's, you know, as somebody who's been working at the, I, I've been in local, state, and national leadership since 2016. So we're talking six years now. I've worked with candidates all over the country. I've been to 48 states over the last five years. Um, I've worked on ballot access issues. And I've worked with a lot of candidates, a lot. Candidates come to me, hey, can you help me out here? Can you help me out here? I've done social media for candidates. I've worked on campaign plans for candidates. I've, I've tried to help as much as possible. And I can tell you that there's a lot of candidates out there that are like, I want to be a candidate. All right, perfect. What's your campaign plan? And they're like, I don't have one. I'm like, okay, well, you're not a candidate yet. And you can't be a fucking candidate until you sit down and write a campaign plan. And then write a, and then write a platform. And do all that stuff before you ever even announce that you're running for, for as a candidate. Because those are the things that are going to direct you in where to go on your candidacy. And once you have that stuff written out, now you can focus on kissing babies and shaking hands, right? Which is really the important thing when it comes to running for office. Because, you know, I worked with libertarians. They're like, no, I'm not going to knock any doors. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to put any money into marketing. No, I'm not going to put out signs or anything like that. I'm like, how the fuck do you think the Republicans and Democrats win? It's not their policies, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? If their policies are not great. I mean, look. Did, they, did they start to have policies? I, 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 not, is, that, is that new? Well, here's the thing. There's some Republicans that I like. There's even been a couple, one or two Democrats in my life that I've liked. And I've been like, well, he was a good anti-war. Of course, the anti-war yeah, Democrats like, are gone. Can you name the Tulsi, it, Tulsi Gabbard was like tolerable. Ugh, don't get me started on like, Tulsi. It, mainly on the anti-war front. I'm not one of those libertarians that, that uh, stumps for Tulsi. I'm very anti-Tulsi. I think she's a, first of all, she's on the World Economic Forum's uh, oh, Young okay. Leaders Board. Okay. okay that is, so don't give me, you know how I feel right, about made, globalists, that, yeah, man. My, okay. That, that changed my opinion quite a bit. But Her and Dan I, Crenshaw. I thought during the primaries, if they wanted somebody that would really, really threaten Trump, Tulsi would have been the person. She would have been the one. And yeah, I said She would that. have destroyed him. Well, and I said that, I said that during the whole thing. I said, look, if they really wanted to fucking win, they should have elected, they should have had her yeah. be the winner of the primary because she actually had a chance because she would have drawn from libertarians. She would have drawn from Republicans and she would have drawn from, from uh, the green party. She would have drawn from the Democrats. I mean, she really yeah. could have put together her, a good campaign. Her respect for the military would have been enough to get half of neocons yeah but she's also a fucking globalist oh yeah she's a fucking globalist but and she's anti-gun there's there's a bunch of neocons that all they she's, care about she's is pro, their, she's their respect pro for the military she's pro pro socialism she's uh she's it's funny because all the you know libertarians they're like oh tulsi's anti-war we love her she should run in the libertarian party and it's like have you ever seen the meme of homer where it's like he's got all the safety pins yes. in his back and he's holding up all the fat yeah. behind him. And then and then on the front it says yep. anti-war. And on the back it's like socialism, gun grabbing. Like that's yeah. that's Tulsi. And mm -hmm. so I'm not a libertarian that trusts Tulsi. And a lot of people are like, oh, you got to trust Tulsi. I'm like, no, dude, she's a fucking, I don't care if she's anti-war. Yeah, I don't trust her, but she was a Democrat that had some appeal to me, which was like, 
She's one that's, of the, a, that's a terrifying. She was one of the better. She was one of the better Democrats. I'll yeah. give her that. But she's also on the board, or she's on. She's oh, one yeah. of the young well, yeah, leaders for I the World Economic Forum. I didn't know about this till now. We gotta, now we got to give candidates a break, though. Come on, you, you know, you, I, don't, I don't have heroes and I don't have villains. Sure. So I just do a checklist, and all the issues that are important to me, I put them down in, in from top to bottom. For me, number one issue is drug war. But there's more than one issue. And then you just look at the candidates and who cares what they look like? Who cares what their personality is? Who cares what they've done in the past? What I care about is what's your policy on A, B, C, D, E, F, G? Because I'm never going to get one unless they're a libertarian who's like, correct, 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 correct. So when I, don't, when I talk about Tulsi, I don't know anything about Tulsi, but, you know, She's good the, on anti-war stuff. Walk, yeah, and walk she's through easy on the, the issues, <laughs> and then walk through the same exercise for everybody else. And then when you look at it, look at it, you go, "Well, this this one yeah. scores more." So I guess I'm going to support them, even though I disagree with half the stuff they say. I'm telling you, look, if she had been the demo, listen, this would have been this would have been peak amazingness. Okay, right here. Okay, uh, Dave Smith or somebody like Dave Smith. You know, I don't someone like that as a Libertarian Party nominee. Okay, yeah. Democratic Party nominee Tulsi Gabbard. Republican nominee Rand Paul or or Thomas Massey. I'd be like, you know what? No matter what happens, there's somebody anti war. One of the one of these people is gonna make something better. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now I Hell think that yes. Rand yeah. uh, you know a lot and, of stuff and, better. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that Tulsi's a gun grabber and I think she's a socialist and I you know, but I do uh I do believe that she would be like, you know what, no more fucking wars, we're gonna end these wars. I do believe that she would do that. Yeah. yeah. Which is nice. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, and we can work on the other ones. Applaud people in the uniparty when they have good policy. Like, that's something we should do. Be like, hey, this is awesome. Oh, no doubt. Keep and, that up. Oh, no doubt. And I've, I've uh, offered to send ec- economics in one lesson to Tulsi Gabbard several fucking times, dude. And I think she's gotten better on some issues, too, over the last four or five years. I do. I really do. Yeah, but I, the, I don't know. Fact, I haven't heard like anything from her since Google. <laughs> I will never ever. Her. As long as she is a young leader for the for the World oh, Economic yeah. Cra- if, uh, Forum. If you're associated with the World Economic Forum, I don't trust you in the slightest. You're a globalist, and you're like, probably lying, and you have a one world agenda, and I'm all good. And you got yeah. a big bank account, huge bank account, yeah. no doubt about it. No. Dan Crenshaw is another one, dude. He's, Crenshaw and, is. Associated with the WEF? He's the same thing that Tulsi is. He's a young leader for the WEF. And, 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 and here's what people don't understand. Like the, the World Economic Forum, they've been very clear about what they're doing. Oh, yeah. It's you not will, a conspiracy theory to say these things. You will and you will be happy. This is not a conspiracy theory to say yeah, these know, things. It's all out in the open. They're, Klaus Schwab, Klaus, Klaus they read Schwab. a brave new world and said, hey, this yeah. is a pretty this is exactly good idea. What Klaus Schwab. Uh, Klaus Schwab yeah. has said very clearly, we are getting people into every level of government all around the world so that we can institute our vision, mm-hmm. which is the Great Reset, which is the, you know, this is yeah, what we're doing. And I uh, with Boris Johnson being out and then the new person, new person is like completely endorsed by the WF. It's like they threw Boris Johnson out and then the WF got to throw their own person in there. Are you shocked? No, I'm not shocked at all. So, uh, how do you feel about the World Economic <laughs> Forum and globalism, sir? Well, I definitely want an invitation, but it's for the... <laughs> Just for the bank account? Or what? Uh, 
yeah, yeah, I'm sure they have good food. Uh, they probably have, who knows, um, beautiful women serving the food to the... The yes, food is adrenochrome like and cockroaches, buddy. That's what they're yeah. eating over there. No, that's, that's what no, everybody I don't, I don't else do well. is going to be eating. I don't do well with people that um, uh, pretend to know a lot of stuff that they don't know. Sure. I, I, at a cocktail party, I don't find them very interesting, and I don't think I'd find too many other people at the World Economic uh, Forum interesting. Although I will say this, I would probably enjoy, in a bizarre sort of way, uh, talking to them on an individual level. Right, uh, but when they get together, you know they're 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 dangerous. Uh, they you cannot escape the vortex of uh, of uh, um, bad stuff that they pull together in one place and, and uh, uh, suck you into. So I wouldn't want to go near sure. near that particular organization. Yeah, they're, I would like to go skiing though. They're they're blood sucking the vortex of what narcissism. Is, no, no, yeah. no. The best. Listen, I'm not super happy with Alex Jones right now. I'm I'm not either. But he's right. They're they're a literal group of pot belly vampire goblins, dude. Yeah. That's what and they are. <laughs> and they're summoning demons that are going to eat your children in the night. He may be right. You know what I mean? I'm sh- I, don't yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, um, can you do me a favor, Rick, and pull the mic to your left side oh, a little yeah. bit? Like the whole can you can you get up and help? There you go. Can, way up way over here. Uh no, I want to take the oh. whole stand over a little bit oh, okay. and still have it pointed at the left side of your mouth. Yeah. Can do that. that way. And then you can bring it back over. And now now let's see. Now we can see Rick's pretty face. Oh, there geez, we that's go. too bad. Yeah, no, that's much better. Hey, I got a question for you. Did you notice that I started growing a beard today just for you? Are you <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know I did. this. I'm sorry. No, I I haven't had a beard for probably five or ten years and I looked at myself in the mirror today and said, you know, I want to look like Josh. It's a good beard. But, but well, I started a little late. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you know, it, hey, listen, for the people who don't know, I could not grow any type of beard at all until I was about 33 years old. What? Yep. What yeah. happened? I don't know. All of a sudden. Radiation treatment or? No, you know what's, you know, <laughs> you know what's really funny is I, uh, I got alopecia out of the blue when I was probably 33 or 34 and my hair just started falling out all over the place. And I, I used to keep just like a little, they, they call them a bro strap. It's just like a little <laughs> strap that goes down to here and a little goatee, but I couldn't grow any of my cheeks or my neck or anything like that. And, uh, I got a little spot in my chin right here where my hair just fell out. And I was like, what the hell is that? You know, but I didn't give it any stock. I was like, well, I've never been able to really grow a beard. It's probably just another patch. I wasn't sure of. And I was getting my hair cut um, by my normal barber. And I was like, Hey, uh, yeah, I got this weird spot on my chin and I don't give it any, I don't pay it any mind. She's like, well, did you know about this spot on your head? And I'm like, excuse me. She's like, yeah, you got like a quarter size spot up here on the top of your head. I was like, holy shit. No, I had no idea. And at that time I was still doing like my young kid, like what's up, let's go gym tanning and laundry haircut where it was like high fade and then forward in the front up. It's kind of like a faux hawk, you know, and it didn't cover the spots. So that's how I started doing this kind of comb over haircut because it was the only way I could cover the spots on the top of my head. But then it started falling out everywhere. I mean, I had spots all over the sides and the back and my beard, my mustache, uh, not my beard, but my goatee. And uh, so I was like, well, fuck it. I got alopecia. So I shaved my head and that looked horrible. I'm not a head shaved guy. I'm just, not, I have to have hair. Um, but what would happen is I'd fall out in these little spots and then they'd grow back after a month or so. Platinum blonde. Like brand new baby hair. When I was a baby, I had platinum blonde hair until I was, I don't know, three or four. So it was like brand new fucking baby hair. And then it all grew back. I haven't had, I get a spot every once in a while, but as it grew back, I started getting facial hair. At like 30, 33, 34 years old, all of a sudden I started growing beard. 
that, that is the first time I've ever heard a story any that even remotely uh, connects to that. It's like what you lost it all, and, it, and then it, you got more back. It was so. Very... I want to catch some alopecia, right? Can, yeah, can, I can guess... we rub some? Like, thing, <laughs> it's you know? it's not contagious because right? I've got this, you know. But underneath the hat, I, there's nothing there. Not much going on. In <laughs> no, there. Well, you can always no, get the plugs, no. man. There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> they just sorry. look so bad. You know, you look like my uh, vegetable garden or something. It's so bad, dude. I don't know. I do have a good head hairline. Yeah. It's still yeah, for, yeah. for for yeah. being, uh, I'll be 40 in March. Yeah, so you, have a, you have a really good hairline for being. Yeah. And I, I only 30s. have a, I only have a gray or two here and there, one in my beard. I have more gray than you do. Yeah, I'm doing You think right. that, like, you know, maybe in life, God has said that like, women get periods and men get bald. Yeah. I mean, they, I haven't had get, my period yet. They either. don't get bald, right? <laughs> why is that? Why is how come we get bald? Now, women, I'm not women, asking for a period, but women do actually uh, lose a lot of hair as they get older. Yeah, but they do a damn good job of hiding it. They're I, very I, good. Yeah. They also dye their grays and they, and they men. Do everything. We get gray and we're like, yes, fucking wisdom. You know, what I mean? like <laughs> finally gonna get my salt. I'm waiting on the salt and pepper. I, was like, I want the shit. Twenty three when I started getting gray, and I was like. A little early for this, like, hope at least 30s. Uh, like, when I reach 30, I'm old, mostly though. dark it, still. It makes you look distinguished. What's wrong? I mean, I don't have much gray. Well, gray's good. I don't have anything, actually, but gray's um, good. I do have a lot of gray in my beard, but I shave it, so it doesn't make a difference. I, I think my, gray is My I dad think gray's was good. completely gray by the time he was, like, 35. So. Um, I want to shout out to Outlawed Thoughts. Great podcast, by the way. Uh, my good friend Layton, he said, he dropped a $2 super chat, yeah. said, graphene. I'm sure that was directed at you. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. So there's a there's a running joke with the audience that do, are you familiar with Tim Pool at all? Yeah, sure. So he has one of his co-hosts, Ian Crossland, and our entire audience just calls me Ian Crossland because apparently I'm similar to him. Somebody in the in the chat said uh, my my hair came back. It was like a boost in in testosterone because I started having kids. Uh, but I did already. Testosterone I already, actually drops significantly once you start having kids. That's what they say, dude. But I've I've definitely got. It feels like I got more than I did five years ago for sure. But I I also I had two kids. A lot of people don't know that I had two kids before I met Julia and started having more kids at almost forty, like a fucking weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> That's what men are for. It's yeah, true. That's, that's all we're good for. We can really. we can reproduce until we're the day we die. Yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, and that's good because we need more people in the world. Yeah. I had uh, yeah I had uh, I had my oldest daughter who lived with us with her daughter and then moved out. Um, and she's and it, amazing, doing great job. Like, I think it's like fifty five for men. They don't recommend you reproduce because there's higher risks of significant complications for that. Wait a second. Complications for who? The baby. So it's like baby? women women after 30, 33. Like, 35. Our, 35 our is high. quality deteriorates? 34 is the first year where it starts, where there's like a significant jump. And then after that, there's a significant, significant jump every year until women can't have kids. In terms of number and level of complications that happen, that's, well, that happens <clears throat> at like 55 for men. I went to nursing school, okay? And in nursing school... A lot of people don't know that about me. I went to nursing school and in nursing school, uh, they beat labor and delivery, fetal development, all the shit into our head because a lot of the nurses in, in the field that I was, I was a LPN. I was getting my LPN. Mm -hmm. Um, they go to work in labor and delivery. Mm -hmm. And so you learn a lot about that shit. And I'm telling you, they said 35, everything 35 up is high risk pregnancy. Yeah. It's everything, everything 30, like 
34 is when the first leap happens and it goes from like some point zero something percent of most significant complications to like one percent and then after that it goes up to like three percent well my cousin my cousin joni's like 43 44 maybe 45 and she just had a baby and it's super <laughs> awesome she's a, she's a wonderful kid i really like her a lot um rick let's get back to your campaign buddy yeah, let's do it. What's uh so so okay, so we have a governor now. Um mm-hmm. and uh I've talked a lot about Reynolds on my show. Um I think that Reynolds handled the pandemic fairly well. Uh, Tallest com- midget in the circus. I know. Compared yeah. to most of the other uh, oh, yeah. governors around the country, we oh, yeah. were we were extremely lucky to have what we had during the pandemic. We were. Um, we I I moved here uh, famously. I I am an expat from California. I left uh, on a plane to Des Moines from San Francisco at eleven fifty five on March fifteenth or sixteenth. Um, the day they were closing yeah. at midnight. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so there was a 24-hour uh, uh, lockdown going into place at midnight. My flight left to FSFO, SFO at 11.55. I came to Iowa with a suitcase and a backpack, um, and uh, I never looked back. I've been here. March will be three years that I've been here. Um, and we got extremely lucky. They didn't close down all the restaurants. Uh, they did like a 50% capacity briefly. Um, the mask mandate was a joke. No one, no one cared about it. No one. Yeah. And then, and then uh, we were never, you know, we f- pretty famously as well. Uh, the vaccine mandate was shot down. Uh, our government here actually fought the vaccine mandate um, uh, as opposed to other governments that laid down and died. Um, so, so, I mean, you know, there are some good things about governor Reynolds. I will say that. And, and I've been a fan of some of the things she's did, especially during the pandemic, which in my opinion was the most uh, alarming thing in my lifetime as far as our own people, yeah. right? But what are your, I mean, as far as you, besides, and let's not get too far into the drug war. I understand that Iowa is one of the worst when it comes to the drug war, okay? Yeah. No doubt about it. They're still locking people up for simple possession in Iowa of weed. It fucking blows my mind. I think it's dumb. It's stupid. As a guy coming from the West Coast where you can walk into a 7-Eleven and buy weed. You know what I mean? It's very weird to me. It's just, it's so destructive and dangerous, not just to the people that are smoking, you know, smoking and distributing the weed, but the people arresting them. I lost a good family friend last year who was a state trooper. Uh, because he was making a drug arrest and the guy shot him in the chest. It's crazy, dude. Uh, but, you know, that well, sucks. you can't really come up with a good story about the drug war. No, nobody there, can. There's just too many. Uh, too many bad ones. Right. I, it's, it's endless. Um, I, I don't collect them, but, and I don't remember them for too long, but every time one comes along, I, I just shake my head and say, I don't know how uh, honest people can live in this environment. Uh, I think I was just telling you, wasn't I, that my son uh, has a guy he worked with that lives right across the street from us. Uh, he and his wife had a, a toddler of two, and then they had a baby, and a couple months after the baby was born, uh, they, you know, he died in the bed. Right. Uh, they were frantic. Uh, they called 911. 911 came over, and uh, they said, oh, okay, well, here's put this baby in the ambulance, and we're going to take the two-year-old because you've got a bong on the table. They kidnapped the two-year-old. Because of a bong. Yeah, paraphernalia. Now, they, now, the good news is, you know, three days later, they gave the kid back. But can you imagine that if, if you're a parent and you just had a baby and the baby is dead 
you obviously freak out. You call 911 like you're supposed to do. And then who comes over? They come over and, and they steal your two-year-old child from you because you had a bong on the table. That's the drug war. And these things happen all the time, every day, all across America, including in Iowa. I can't understand how anybody can hear just that story and not say, wait a second, something's wrong here. Right. I, I have a good related story. Uh, I worked at a Casey's. I worked at, I worked at a couple. Um, best breakfast pizza uh, oh, yeah. in the entire world, Z- by the way. Some of the best pizza out there. In case you're wondering. Uh, I- Hi, kids. Do you like violence? Yeah. Are you sick to death of pussyfooting around the truth while being constantly fed lies by news and big tech tyrants? If so, then come join me, Dan Smots, on The System Is Down, where we get weird, have fun, and dig into all the dangerous taboo topics like conspiracies, politics, religion, culture, current events, and everything your family just prays you don't bring up around the Thanksgiving dinner table. And I know that reality is scary to some people, so if you're easily offended, just ignore this and go back to making cat memes or whatever. But if you're ready to change the world for the better, come join me on The System Is Down at tsidpod.com or wherever you get podcasts. That's T-S-I-D-P-O-D. Dot com because the system is down and truth is taking over. I do want to say, uh, because someone came here and said mm-hmm. and was asked, what's the best breakfast pizza in Iowa? And, and no, he said QT or some dumb shit. You know who I'm talking about, right? The, the Beto when he was running for president. Oh, and he's like, oh, Beta? I've been to Iowa. I love Iowa. In fact, the breakfast pizza at QT is amazing. And everyone's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Which side of Iowa were you? Were, yeah. yeah, dude, it's definitely Casey's. Casey's has the best breakfast pizza. Anyways. But I this, just needed to make sure that everyone knows. Um, her parents dealt, dealt and made meth in their home. And when she was three, she grabbed something off the counter and took a sip. And uh, her parents were so scared of getting arrested, getting their child taken away, and spending them essentially, you know, 10 years behind bars. That they didn't even take their child to the hospital. So she stayed up for 72 hours walking in circles crying because she couldn't sleep because a three-year-old had gotten into meth. That's just crazy. Well, you know, I always like to go to the bottom of this. And if meth mm-hmm. was available in the pharmacy, like it should be, it, uh, yeah. to anybody who walked in the door that was old enough, uh, the parents wouldn't have been making meth. Yeah. You could take all these horrid stories and just work them right back down to drug war, drug yeah. war, drug war. It causes nothing but pain and torture and expense and misery to people all around the, around the world. Uh, that's, the, that's what it is. So fight against it, folks. And fight hard. And I'd like to congratulate the uh, drugs on winning the war on drugs. Because <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the truth. Yeah. And, well, here's the thing. I, I was just thinking about this the other day. So I, I lived in Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. maybe Southern Washington. They're, it's the same place, really. Yeah. Right? Um, I, I lived in Vancouver, Washington, which is right across the bridge from Portland, Oregon, uh, but also lived in Portland. So I don't remember exactly which part I was living in when this happened, but when they legalized weed or they legalized weed uh, in, in, in Washington, I was like still a pretty heavyish weed smoker at the time. I don't really smoke weed or do anything. I barely drink or anything now uh, just because I have a bunch of kids and I don't really have the time. Uh, if you know when I when my kids finally move out when I'm 70. I'm going to smoke a lot I'm of pot. Over. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to smoke a lot of pot. Um, but, but so, uh, so I was like, dude, this is the dream, man. Like it's, I can walk into a store and go buy weed. So I'm going to go do this the day it opened. Mm-hmm. Okay. They opened a dispensary in Washington, uh, Vancouver, somewhere almost in Salmon Creek. 
And uh, so I drove over, and there's a line out the fucking door. You know, everybody's like, "Yay, weed!" And so I waited in the line. There's four cops in the parking lot. They're all sitting in the parking lot, staring like with their cars pointed, talking to each other, staring at the weed shop, right? And so, growing up in California, where weed was very illegal when I was a kid, right? If we had weed, we had to be very, very careful about not getting caught with weed because you could get you could get in a lot of trouble for weed back then. And so I go in and there's like eight people behind the counter and the guys are like, Hey buddy, what's going on? What ails you, man? You know? And I'm like, well, look, I got anxiety. I can't really smoke sativa. Uh, do you got any good? I usually like purple weed, heavy indica, you know, this and that. He's like, sure. Got right the thing for you, bro. You know? And so he takes me over. He's like, we got this shit right here, this shit. And of course you can always go with the, the OG granddaddy purple. And that's a heavy, you'll be fine. I'm like, yeah, dude, just give me the purple and some papers and this and that. And so I get this little brown paper bag and i come walking out of the store and it was like instant anxiety dude because the cops are right there you know what i mean and i'm like i'm just so used to like oh shit there's cops you know when i was a kid and and we're smoking a joint or something we're like i put it out get you know fucking get run and uh and so uh it was really really scary and it was bizarre to me because i'm like dude i have so many friends that have been in jail prison for weed prison i mean i have a friend who went to san quentin prison for like three years over a weed deal, okay? And here I am walking into the store, into a store in front of the police buying a, a quarter ounce of weed, right? And I just, it, like, all, it washed over me because I was like, dude, this is really fucked up. And, you know, this is back, of course, I kind of already was against the drug war at the time, but this was the time when I was like, yeah, the drug war is really bad, man. Like really, really, really bad. And so, and so that was kind of the biggest drug war eye opening for me at the time was, was this 2012 or something like that. It's not 10 years ago. And I was like, wow, dude, I have friends that are rotting in prison right now for, for weed. And I'm walking into a store and buying weed in front of the police. I don't remember who said it, but when I, when I like really flipped on the drug war was when somebody said is, you know, shooting taking a line of cocaine worse than being thrown in a cage and separated from your family. I was like, hell no. Like you're, you're punishing yourself enough if you're doing drugs, like especially yeah. like hard And let me drugs. tell you those, uh, those five o'clock AM mornings and, where you're rolling and, and sweating and, and trying to go to sleep after a bunch of cocaine, dude, they suck. Like, yeah. <laughs> one of those. And there's, there's a lot of people that automatically jump to the conclusion that, Oh, if you do something violent or aggressive while under the influence, libertarians don't think that people should be prosecuted for that. If you're being violent, no matter the circumstances, you should be prosecuted for that. If you're being, if you're being the aggressor, it's just the instances when you're not being an aggressor on drugs and you're, you know, just chilling in your house, smoking a joint or, you know, you shouldn't be punished for that. Like, that's not the state's rule whatsoever. There's a huge tack on for doing anything wrong uh, that we don't want you to do because it is wrong if you happen to be using any drugs when you do that. So there's a lady in Iowa who's, uh, you know, she probably wasn't the greatest mother, but she wasn't a bad mother. Uh, She she bought a gun for her kid. He was under 18, just a rifle, 22. Uh, And, you know, like kids do, they took it outside and and shot it into the air and the bullet came down and killed somebody. 
Well, that's obviously a tragedy, and somebody needs to be held accountable for it. Uh, and eventually, you know, they tried her and convicted her. But here's the here's the kick: she admitted that she had actually given marijuana to her son not that day, but sometime in her life. They gave her forty years in prison. Obviously, he lost his mother because she was allowed her child to um, smoke marijuana, and he did something that was a tragedy. Wow. 40, 40 years in prison? Wow. And, and the judge came right out and said that, you know, it was the marijuana thing that took it from, like, whatever. Two and that's or, an Iowa. Two or three. That's an Iowa. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I was, I was famously bad on the drug war. In fact, a, lo- a lot of people are like, oh, Texas. Somebody even said in the chat, oh, Texas is, enters the chat. Texas is bad. Iowa's one of the worst when it comes to the drug war. There's yeah, no I, doubt about it. Yeah, I I haven't looked that much into it personally because I've I've never never been at risk of you know facing the consequences. Yeah, it doesn't, like, it doesn't at all affect you right? facing the drug war because yeah. I've I've never done an illegal substance, even alcohol under the age of twenty one. Well, As I said, I'm the squarest of all squares of libertarians. It's, it's wait a, a second, hard. Wait, wait a second. Did you never had sex without a condom? I, I mean, I mean, not. I've never had sex outside of marriage, so I've only yeah. been having he, sex he didn't for have like sex until a month and a half. Oh, that's Literally cool. Yeah, yeah. He's how a, is it? He's a good it's religious cool. boy. Is it? I, yeah. I, I kind of like sex. Worth it? Yeah, hundred yeah. yeah. percent worth it. I'll have to investigate it. <laughs> wow, dude. Wow. I uh, listen. It's no secret that I've been a bit of a womanizer in my life, but mm-hmm. I'm very. I feel like I was born again, and I was mm-hmm. born again religiously. Uh, when I met Julia, what was that? Did you hear? That? I don't know. Yeah, that was something, loud. something like that. Everybody's but wait, okay. I, I, I want to interrupt just a second. You said womanizer as if it was a bad word. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of why is that a bad word? I why, why is it? Why should we be ashamed because we're a womanizer? Well, I don't. I'm not. I'm not ashamed. I'm not really. To be honest with you, I had a lot of fun girl, yeah. uh, in my life, and now I'm, I'm happily uh, getting married in May, hopefully, and uh, we got babies together, and I'm happy. Congratulations, so yeah. thank you. Yeah, it's just you know uh, I knew her before you did. Just, yeah, just well, so you you're, you, know. you lived in Iowa, Rick, yeah. and she's uh, <laughs> she's a big part of the uh, of the Informed Choice Iowa movement. She's here. such a delightful woman. I've always liked her a lot. I it's wish just, I wish she'd come on the show. You feel so, so good when you're around her. Yeah, she's just and a it's because person. she makes you feel good. Yeah, she's right? a, she's a wonderful. person. She's an extremely warm person that I've always loved hanging. I wish I wish we could get her on the show sometime so people could just see like her light. She's amazing. She's really great. I'm gonna get all lit up and talking about her. Yeah, we'll we'll have to do like a members only stream with the wives sometime. Your your kids are also wonderful. Oh, thanks, man. No, no, they really are. When I saw him again tonight, I'm just like, man, he's a lucky man. They're good kids. These are these are lucky kids, but he's a lucky man. They're good kids. I I really really love them to death. yeah, you guys are gonna get me all misty eyed, and mm-hmm. you got me you, being you all. Have some good I'm, kids. I'm being a baby now. Uh, I do love my kids; they're great. I got my I got my son his first haircut today. Uh, my my two year old, almost mm-hmm. two year old, and he looks like <laughs> he looks like a grown up boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to I have to preface that because I have the I have the baby who is a baby mm-hmm. that was born in August, and people are like, "Oh, is this your youngest child?" I'm like, "No, we have one that's even younger." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And we're just going to keep having them. Uh, but guys, we're getting to the end of this thing here. But before we get going, I'd love, uh, Rick, what is your what is your elevator pitch for uh, for your candidacy? What do you want to see happen in Iowa? Um, what's, you know, what's what what are you going to bring to the, the great Iowans here in the Midwest? Well, I'm going to bring really the pure libertarian message, which is uh, don't use force to get your own way. Um, force doesn't work. I've tried it a couple of times. I got really bad results. 
Uh, and you know, it's amazing, but when I said, please, will you do something to people for exactly the same thing that I wanted to use force for, they always responded positively. And that's the way everybody is. Nobody wants to be told what to do. Nobody wants to be forced to do something that they don't want to do. But when you ask people politely, it turns out that the human heart is just as big as it's ever been. The human heart uh, will take care of all the problems in the world if we just allow it to blossom. And the way to allow it to blossom is to quit repressing it. So let's, let's do away with all these for, the, the force that we're applying to people. You know, we force people um, to uh, do things uh, and we force people to not do things and it makes them unhappy. Uh, everybody can be liberal, liberated uh, if we'll just quit trying to force them to do things sure. and force them not to do things. So no mandates, no mandates you have to do this, no mandates you can't do that. Uh, let's just ask people to do things that'll be good for everybody and the, the response we'll get will be absolutely phenomenal and we won't need government anymore. I'm sure you know, we'll have a couple, couple people in the state house sweeping it and making it look pretty. <laughs> but um, we don't need uh, 161 pages of new laws sure. every year just to keep us going uh, in the right direction. We do just fine on our own. Uh, let's just accept that fact and let's experiment. And if you're afraid of that, I get it. But why don't you give it a chance just in some areas? We just won't use force anymore to inflict our uh, majority rule on the, the minority. We'll, we'll ask them politely. Like, I don't know why they didn't just say, you know, it looks like wearing a mask might be a really good idea. Would everybody please wear a mask? If it doesn't work for you, that's fine. But if we all wore masks, maybe it would help. And this would be a good time to try that experiment. So why don't we try that for a while? I still wouldn't have wore the fucking mask. I'm but that's sorry. okay, though. No, I get it. That's okay, though, right? Yeah. Because we asked you and you said no. Yeah. And that's part of the problem when people uh, today, they, they, they ask somebody and that person says no. So they pass a law that says that person has to do that. That's force. Right. And we don't need to do that. Well, and we it know. It doesn't work. We, we, we know that famously uh, the, the 161 pages of laws that are passed every year are only passed as revenue generators. The, the majority of them, like 95% of them, are only passed to revenue uh, to, to generate more revenue for the state. I, mean, I thought it was right. just to piss me off. Well, that too. It I, definitely I swear, pisses at least us 50 off. 50 of those pages that, that's just a fortunate just byproduct for them. <laughs> well, Rick, where can people find you, donate to you, support you, and get you this win here in Oh, Iowa? that's easy. All you got to do is know my name. So you can go to rickstewart.com or you can just Google Rick Stewart. It helps if you throw in some like Iowa or something like that. Uh, I'm one of the easiest people in the world to know. Here, I'll put my phone number out there right now because people do call me up. It's 319-333-4449. It's very easy to memorize. That is easy. My Twitter handle is Rick Stewart. Uh, my uh, Facebook is Iowa Rick. Uh, and I'm one of the easiest people you'll ever, you'll ever find. My email is Rick at Rick Stewart. So just learn my name and you can find me. We'll drop all your links uh, to help you get get the numbers we need well, uh in the in the uh in the bio of the audio and of course on uh on these here youtubes we'll take care of that as well uh and for you guys that don't know i am a member of the iowa libertarian party and well, uh, yeah, josh and uh i am you're, on you're the, our most famous member i am on the judicial committee of the Ooh. iowa state uh libertarian party so i actually uh i could adjudicate things you know what i mean <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And, well, they were like, they were like, well, because because there was a time when I was on my local leadership, yeah, the state leadership, and an at large for the the national yeah. committee all at the same time, and it was fucking bonkers. It, I'm actually finding it hard just to be the vice chair right now of the national party. Yeah, so at the Iowa part, at the Iowa state uh, convention, this last one, 
they're like, Hey, is there anything that you want to do? And I was like, nah, I don't want to be on the fucking board, dude. Like, I don't want to do it or any of that kind of shit. You know, I, I was like, at first I didn't realize that my caucus was doing so well here. So I was like, I'll run for chair here. Fuck it. Let's go. You know? And they're like, actually we have a chair candidate. Oh, oh, cool, dude. That I'll fucking, I'll back off, you know? Um, but then I saw the JC come up. I was like, you know, I could totally do JC because JC does absolutely nothing. Mm Mm-hmm. Until an, an issue arises <laughs> yeah. with the board, and then they adjudicate that that and put out there. And I was like, yeah, if if one thing pops up in my term, then I can take care of that, and you know, that's all. I'm all good to go. But um, yeah, it's been hard, man. It's been a lot, and I I've gotten I, I've I think I've been clear on the show. I've been a little jaded on the party recently, and obviously for the last five years. But I'm still doing my work and trying to you know do the show and have the kids and all that stuff too. So, um, but man, Rick, I'm a big fan of yours. I really appreciate you coming on, man. We'll definitely uh, we're gonna do a, a members only stream here shortly too um and I'll, I'll give everybody the information for that if they want to come and check that out uh but rick uh thank you so much man i really appreciate you i totally appreciate the invitation and yeah. i uh, look forward to coming back and having more interesting conversation next time it'll be governor stewart on the there you go uh, on the, oh by uh, the way i wanted to invite you to the inauguration party okay i'll be there yeah all right you yeah. win and i'll be there rick. Yeah. all you have to do is say your name you I win my name you win and i will come and be your keynote speaker at, at, before you at the inauguration i've and already we will, i've I, already promised that to somebody okay fucking whatever that's yeah. fine <laughs> uh ryan you got anything before we head out buddy i I I don't. I'm I'm excited uh, to turn on my Vikings. Uh, oh, hopefully, right. hopefully they're doing well. I have my phone on do not disturb, so it'll be a surprise. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk about drugs and all kinds of other cool stuff in the members the members yeah. only stream here in a minute. Uh, by the way, if you guys want to watch the members only streams, uh, all you have to do is hit the join link under all of my YouTube videos. Uh, I think they have a. I think there's an option on there. It's like three ninety nine a month or four ninety nine a month. Literally, it's almost nothing. Mm-hmm. It's the price of a Starbucks uh, once a month, and you can watch all the added. Co- there's like hundred and sixty something videos on there. Uh, that's all members only content that you guys haven't got to see. Or you can join the Patreon, which we're streaming the members only stream now streams to Patreon instead of just streaming to YouTube and then going out to Patreon and subscribe to Star the next day. So you can join the Patreon or the Subscribe Star, either one of those two, by going to that website.com for slash break the cycle js you can sign up there you get all kinds of different cool monthly thing or you get like some other swag too if you sign up on the patreon or subscribe star i've been really bad about getting shirts and 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 mugs and stuff out but the people are still getting those um and then you can also join the youtube which gives you like the cool uh uh logos that you see by some of my members chats here and uh of course you get to watch the members only streams but uh go check out our sponsors toplobster.com the man the myth the legend my good friend and partner on break the cycle where you can get this great disobey your local tyrant uh shirt that you see me wearing tonight by using btc at checkout for a 10 percent discount or join on one of those platforms that i told you and hit me up and i will make sure that you get into the discord server with all kinds of great people including stefan kinsella is in there uh and uh and you can get all the top lobsters new gear up to two weeks before it goes to the general public at like a 30 percent discount and of course executive producers of the show anthemplanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs check them out today see what they can do for your business home or personal life they're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at much cheaper and much more efficiently seriously go check them out if you own a business or you're thinking about starting a business they're a real good place to go and of course new uh executive producer of the show sorry i'm still learning how to use my my things here colwell creative content for all your great uh marketing and media uh needs go check them out seriously uh they're they're amazing people and uh they already have clients dude so I promise you they have a proven track record of helping you get in front of your target audience. 
Go check out Colwell Creative Content today and let them help you. Uh, I'm fucking this up. I've been reading it before, and now I'm working on the video, and I got the, like the video ideas going in my head mm-hmm. while I'm trying to do the the sponsorship. Great people, dude. Seriously, and uh, the the um, the link for their website is in our bio or in the the show notes. It's always in there now for everything. Um, and uh, yeah, man, I love you guys to death. You had something to say before we head out of here, Rick? Yeah, I want to say I did check them out, and they do look great. They're amazing. No, I did. I, yeah. You said go check them out. I did. I looked that over. And I'm like, wow, these guys look pretty good. So they are good. That's a good yeah. recommendation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're libertarians from New York. I all of my businesses that support me are libertarians. I don't think Top would call himself a libertarian anymore. He's a little, he's gone a little further right than that these days. But that's all right. We still love him to death. I, I thought he would be an anarchist. He's pretty anarchist, but yeah. he's like he's like brutalist anarchist. He's like, fuck off, everybody. Get away from me. You know what I mean? And that's good. I, I agree. I agree with that. Uh, guys, we have a show coming up on uh, Thursday. Now that we're doing shows again uh, consistently on Mondays yeah. and Thursdays. I did it I really smart. Let's do it on uh, the nights that there's football. Uh, coming <laughs> up on Thursday, we will have uh, Brandon Caserta is coming into the studio. Uh, well, he won't be in the studio. He'll be virtual. Okay. Brandon Caserta was uh, arrested as part of a plot to to kidnap uh, Governor Whitmer in Michigan. He's one of, he's like the one non-fed involved in that. <laughs> well, he's one of four non-feds. Um and he he's trying to get his story out now. He was just acquitted of all charges. He oh. basically beat the FBI's plot to frame them. That's fantastic. And so he will be on the show on Thursday. That's going to be a dope ass show. You guys are going to want to check it out. Uh guys, I love you to death. Uh, if you want to come check out the members only stream, please do. I will see you. If not, I will see you on Thursday. If so, I will see you here in a few minutes. Uh, but until then, don't forget to break the cycle. Due to legal reasons, I just have to explain. The lyrics of my last song may seem to contain a violent call to action in the verse and the frame. But I just landed in Minecraft. The helicopter part was in reference to GTA 5 and the things you do. So when any violence you commit, I am not an excuse because I just landed in Minecraft. But Chipper is my friend and he's constantly cold. Accusations of excitement getting totally old. Make your own choices, yeah, you have control Because I just landed in Minecraft Obviously I would never advocate force Unless it's due process and a trial, of course And if you're convicted, we will make you a corpse In Minecraft, just in Minecraft You're nothing I mean, you know it No product is, get too close to COVID Holy shit, I think I'm poet